Today on Locked on Mariners, the host is changing the way he does things. Welcome to Locked on Mariners, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Here's your host, D.C. Lundberg. Good afternoon, Mariners fans. I am D.C. Lundberg here with another edition of Locked on Mariners, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. That was a really weird way to say that. Sorry about that. Please remember to download, rate, and follow this program on whichever podcasting app that you personally care to use. Ask your smart device to play Locked on Mariners podcast or any program here on the Locked on Podcast Network. There are going to be uh, some changes to the show, maybe some subtle changes. They might be major changes in the eyes of you, the listener. I am not sure, but we'll talk about those heading into C-Block. Monday, at least, was a fun game. Last night's uh, not so much. It was looking good until the A's exploded, however. Also, prior to last night, the M's got some pretty bad news. Kyle Lewis tore his meniscus in Monday night's game, Monday afternoon's game, pardon me, and he's back on the disabled list. Taylor Trammell was recalled and uh, started in center field last night after absolutely raking in Tacoma. Lewis is going to be out for a while. That is not good. They're even talking about the possibility or that surgery is a possibility. Everything's on the table right now. He's on the shelf for an extended period of time, unfortunately. However, over the last two days, the Mariners activated two players off the injured list. Prior to Monday's game, Jake Fraley was activated and started the game in right field and had a good game. Seemingly picked up right where he left off, drawing a walk in his first plate appearance. I had to chuckle a bit when he did that because the number of uh, bases on balls he's drawn is way out of proportion to the number of at-bats he's had. And prior to his stint on the disabled list, he almost had more walks than he had at-bats. In a course responding move infielder Eric Campbell was sent to the Rainiers. Also on Monday, pitcher Sam Delaplane was traded to the San Francisco Giants organization for cash considerations he had been designated for assignment a few days ago. Yesterday, Marco Gonzalez came back. He was activated while Robert Duggar was sent to Tacoma. Duggar started a couple of games, uh, of the, a couple of the bullpen games rather, that the M's had to utilize in Marco Gonzalez's stead. The Mariners are easing Marco back into action through only four innings last night. I think 50 pitches or so. Uh, wasn't too... It was not unlike a bullpen game for all intents and purposes. The bullpen then later gave it up in a major way. Marco was fine. And so much so, the game got so out of hand that infielder Jack Mayfield took the mound to mop up. Monday was a much better ball game. It was fun most of the time. Even the extra inning under T-ball rules was fun to some extent. The A's free runner scored in the top of the 10th, and the Mariners free runner also scored. So the one run victory in extras was not the typical cheap win we often see with this ridiculous free runner rule. The Mariners won it fair and square, and that free runner was not the difference. The bottom of the 10th was quite fun. Also, also was watching uh, Logan Gilbert was fun. He finally put it together and had a solid major league outing. Command of his slider was still spotty, but looked better to me. Another problem that he had run into previously was throwing a ton of pitches in any given inning, usually the second or the third, and then he'd be gone by the fourth or fifth, but not on Monday. In fact, the only real trouble that he ran into shouldn't have happened at all. I don't remember who was hitting, but Gilbert had the guy struck out on a slider 
slider in the middle of the plate at the bottom of the zone. Clearly a strike. It wasn't really even borderline. But whoever the umpire was missed it, called it a ball. The batter winds up walking, I believe, and Gilbert is forced to continue the inning. He gives up a run and unnecessarily raise his pitch count. That home plate umpire was pretty inconsistent most of the ball game, and uh, Scott Service was not too happy about it, uh, nor should he have been. Um, Gilbert did make it through six innings, though, which was a career high, 80 pitches, I believe. And remember, gang, he is not stretched out like most of the other starters are, so we might not see him touch 100 pitches anytime soon. Also on Monday, the M's put together something of a rally early in the ball game, which included a three-run home run from Sunshine Superman. That was Donovan Walton's first big league home run, and usually home runs end rallies, but the M's really didn't miss a beat after uh, Donovan Walton put it in the stands, strung together some more hits and a, I think a walk as well, and scored another run that inning and chased uh, A's starter James Caprellian. Uh, tonight, the M's will uh, send Chris Flexen to the mound. He's had some very good starts and some very bad ones. For the season, he's got a record of 5-2 and two, with an ERA of 4-3-4 and a whip of 1.427. He's pitched 47 and two-thirds innings, during which he's given up 10 walks and five home runs, while striking out 30. What's getting that whip into almost alarming territory is the number of hits that he's allowed. 58 of them, which equates to 11 per nine innings. That is, that's got to come down. That's too much. Opposing him will be Sean Manaya, the throwing Samoan, author of a no-hitter in 2018 against the Boston Red Sox. Thus far in 2021, he has a 3-2 record in 11 starts. He has one complete game shutout, a 3-8-6 ERA, and a whip of 1.319. In his 60 and two-thirds innings, he's allowed 66 hits, 7 home runs, 14 walks, and he struck out 62. Throughout his career, he's exhibited good control, walking only 2.3 batters per 9 innings in his 6 big league seasons. No trivia corner today, but I will tell you about Fully Loaded. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Fully Loaded Chew. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut pouches that give you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz you're used to without tobacco. Available in nine flavors, Fully Loaded Chew is made with food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine available. It's the only moist nicotine pouch on the market. All other, all other nicotine pouches are dry white pouches, nothing dips, spits, and packs like Fully Loaded. Fully Loaded Chew is offering Locked On Team listeners a special offer. Right now, you can try a can for just $1. That is right, one measly dollar. Go to FullyLoadedChew.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. Just $1 and free shipping if you use uh, promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Next time you go for a dip, make it Fully Loaded Chew. FullyLoadedChew.com Coming up, Blarg Blaggedy Blargleblorp which is mumbly in for your listener emails. But, but first, this... Why'd I say that? But first, this ad from Credit Karma. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements just for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchasable reimbursements on items up to $5,000. That's almost $5,001, gang. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll 
you'll be notified. No, notified. You'll be notified on the spot. My goodness. And your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million in instant karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and uh, free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. Credit Karma Money progress starts here. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated, member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Now back to Locked On Mariners. Here once again is your host, DC Lundberg. My lunch arrived during the commercial break. Actually, to be completely honest, this is the first segment of a recording today. But joining us as promised. For the mailbag uh, segment today, we're going to be doing a mailbag in both B Block and C Block. And here with me to help answer the questions is Locked On Mariners contributor, John Miller. John, how are you doing? I am doing quite well. Thank you so much for having me. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. we got an umpiring question for you later on, so I'm Ooh. glad you're here. Yes, indeed. Also with us to read us the emails, my personal secretary, who screens these emails and then sends them to us, Clive Braithwaite Fourth. Clive, how are you doing today? I'm quite well. Mr. Miller, how are you, sir? I'm doing very well. It's good to be with you again, Clive. All righty. Uh, Clive, let's just jump right into it. What's our first question? We'll begin with a short message from Richard. On the previous mailbag episode, someone wrote him telling DC that he was the only one who cared about curling. Richard disagrees, and simply writes, I happen to like and care about curling. Richard, thank you. <laughs> very <laughs> thank much, you. yes. Absolutely, thank you for writing in and defending that uh, that great sport, and I'm, I'm very glad that you enjoy it, and... Um... I think that's all we can get out of that one, but we appreciate you writing in, in any case, Richard. And, Clive, let's, uh, what do we got next? Our next email is from Bob, who was replying to the diet drive you went on about how it wasn't worth the price of admission to see a Mariners game, and that spectators' money would be better spent at one of the M's minor league affiliates. Bob writes, I am glad in the last podcast you said it. This is a bad team and not worth the money or time to see. I live in Texas now and was visiting my kids for my 65th. They knew I was a big M's and baseball fan, and they planned on taking me to an M's game. I said no thanks, I'd rather see the Aqua Sox, and we did. A great game seeing the future potential players and a very enjoyable team. Thanks for doing the podcast. Can't be always easy. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Bob, thank you very much for emailing as well. No, it's not always easy doing this podcast, especially when I'm trying to eat lunch while recording. But, you know, with school, you know, but with school um, taking up a lot of my time now, um, that's the way it uh, might have to be. And I'm going to talk about some changes to, that I'm going to be making to the show uh, to lead off the C block. But I'm glad you enjoyed the Aqua Sox game. I got to say, gang, minor league baseball is fun. And. 
I don't know if I was a little harsh on the Mariners in saying that they're just not worth the money or not, but um, no, maybe I wasn't harsh because they were going through a very bad spell at that time anyway. Plus, it just costs an arm and a leg to get into a Major League Baseball game. So, you know, maybe I was justified in saying that. Thank you, Bob, for def- for kind of defending what I was saying because I was actually I was I was thought I was going to get some negative feedback on that. And I didn't get any, so I'm kind of happy about that. The Aqua Sox are fun, or the Aqua Sox, as Clive says, apparently. Um, and, John, you've been to a, a number of minor league baseball games. We've said on this show before that you pretty much grew up at Cheney Stadium. I've got a yes. Vista Stadium where the Spokane Indians play, 20 minutes, a half hour away from my house. And if you live in a minor league city or close to a minor league city gang, I suggest going out and, and supporting your minor league team or if you're in Seattle you've got the Tacoma Rainiers to the south a couple hours or the Everett Aqua Sox to your north which which are very close and they're both Mariners affiliates so if you're anywhere near the Seattle area I would highly recommend going to Everett Memorial Stadium or Cheney Stadium and seeing the Aqua Sox or the Rainiers John do you have anything to add I I don't I, I love the support and thank you DC for pointing out that we still need to go out and support these minor league clubs. The players are truly showing a love for the game. Mm-hmm. Yes. Even if you're just watching a clip or if you happen to have opportunity to go to the stadium, they are truly enjoying it. They are more than willing in most cases, it doesn't matter which team, to sign something for a fan, especially a younger fan. Mm-hmm. or to give a high five as they're going into the club or anything like that, which you don't seem to get from the major leaguers. Not so much since they've been you know, involved with professional baseball. If they've gotten to the major league level, then more often than not, then they've been involved with professional baseball for a number of years, whereas the Everett Aqua Sox or the Spokane Indians, it's generally their second year in professional baseball, and they're still moving up the ranks, and they still have a lot to prove. And that love of the game that you spoke of is very much present at the minor league levels. And it's it's so much fun to watch. And I also could not believe the difference between high A and low A, because only a couple seasons ago, the Spokane Indians were a low A affiliate, and they're now a high A affiliate of the Colorado Rockies. And the, the base running mistakes and the general fielding sloppiness that you sometimes see in low A was not nearly as prevalent as it was in high A. And you, again, have been to a number of triple A games, and maybe speak to the difference between triple A baseball and the major leagues a little bit, if you could, because it's a huge difference. Some of the players, you can tell, are more refined. They're ready for the major league level and likely to be called up in September or have perhaps played in the major league level and are doing a rehab assignment or had recently got sent down to work on some mechanic and so have experience. Or you might get an opportunity to watch an older major league player who's spending some time in the minor leagues for any one of the aforementioned reasons. And you can tell they're more refined, they're more polished in pretty much everything they do. They're not as sloppy, whereas some of these AAA guys, especially in their teens or young 20s, if you happen to catch them that young... 
they're still playing the way a kid would. <laughs> and there's something to be said for that. You don't want to you don't want to lose that youthful exuberance. I just realized I'm not talking into the microphone as I'm saying that sentence <laughs> because I'm I'm kind of facing away because I'm still eating, gang. But you don't want to lose that. There's kind of a fine line between losing that youthful exuberance that I talked about and Ken Griffey Jr. is a good example as somebody who kept that but also refined his skills to the point where he was just one of the elite players among the elite of his time. That is an excellent example and being a Mariners show I I can't really think of a better one. Yeah I mean even if it wasn't a Mariners show I think that's the one that springs most first and foremost to everybody's mind maybe Mike Trout to some degree but I think Ken Griffey Jr. was called the kid for a reason because of that's that's the way he played um, we're going to save the rest of our emails for the uh, next segment but if you have an email that you would like read on the show in our next uh, mailbag episode send it over to LockedOnMariners at gmail.com I will read it on the air I will not read it on the air Clive will but I will reply to it in a future mailbag episode questions and comments on anything at all are welcome and encouraged it doesn't need to be about the Mariners it doesn't need to be about baseball or sports at all for that matter Coming up, more of your emails, including questions about gingivitis, the Laffer Curve, and the benefits of a balanced breakfast. But first, this word from Sports Trade. Hey gang, have you heard about Sports Trade? It's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. Sports Trade takes fantasy to the next level. Uh, their platform allows you to buy and shell, sell shares, pardon me, in your favorite players, just like real stocks. It's a fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports, and they just added baseball to the platform, so check it out today. Making money with Sports Trade is simple, as player values rise and fall based on two factors. One, their statistical performance in each game, as compared to their projected fantasy points in that game. Game. The more points scored, the higher the value goes. Two, good old-fashioned supply and demand. As I wad up this wrapper and throw it away, the more demand a player has, the higher their value goes. When you're ready to buy shares, pick that penny stock and a rookie with huge upside, or grab that blue-chip vet who's always been a solid performer. Instantly buy and sell as many shares in as many players as you like, just like the stock market. Then watch your players battle and watch your portfolio value rise. Simply go to sportstrade.com, watch the How It Works video, then sign up to get started. Sign up today at sportstrade.com and discover the fun, exciting, and profitable new world of sports trading. This is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. You will be amazed. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in the game at sportstrade.com. And also, this word from betonline.ag. John, um, I'm going to spring this on you. Would you mind doing the BetOnline ad while I finish my lunch? I don't. BetOnline, the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is full is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to... Get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. Thanks for doing that, John. I was kind of sick of trying to teach you out. Recording you, John. No worries. 
Welcome back to Locked On Mariners. Here once again is your host, D.C. Lundberg. Thank you, J.M., for leading us into the final segment of this Wednesday afternoon edition of Locked On Mariners. In fact, ladies and gentlemen, these afternoon shows are going to be the norm from here on out. I had been recording this program pretty much right after a Mariners game had ended uh, at night, which meant that I was staying up very late to get the show on the air for the next morning. Also, having gone from two segments to three a couple months ago, that's just that much more material that I not only have to record and edit, but also plan and write. I was often not getting the show completed until two or three in the morning, sometimes later. I'm not as young as I used to be, and I just can't do that anymore. I'm not the night owl I once was. And it got to a point late last week where I was hardly sleeping at all, and I got sick over the weekend. That's why there was no Friday show last week and no show yesterday. So something had to change. Rather than have this be a morning show, I'm going to have it be an early afternoon show from here on out. My plan is to get the episodes published by 3 p.m. each day, so those of you who get off work at 4 can listen to it on your way home, even if you happen to get off a little early on any particular day. Also, recording the show in the daytime and then publishing in the afternoon eliminates the need for me to find guest hosts on school nights. I apologize for the inconvenience, but these changes are necessary, I'm afraid. We're going to get back to your emails at this time, ladies and gentlemen. Clive, what have we got next? What would a mailbag episode be without Aiden Soans from East Hampton, Connecticut? He has a couple questions, and also replied to your request about putting players on a protection list for a potential expansion draft. His email reads thusly, For the expansion draft, I 100% agree with John. He had a mix of prospects with potential, and consistent veterans. Anyways, here is my question. Where do you see the state of the Seattle Mariners minor league system in two years, 2023? Also, have you watched the Seattle Mariners Dorktown documentary? Well, thank you very much for that, Aiden. It shows that you have a good head on your shoulders. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, when, he, when, when he wrote back and said... Uh, that uh, I, I totally agree with John about the expansion draft stuff. I, I said to myself, okay, I'm going to spring this on John on the air because I want to tell him beforehand. So this is the first you are hearing this, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Anyways, to, I'll answer your second question first. No, I still have not watched the Dorktown documentary, and I'm, I hope Jason Hernandez doesn't listen to this episode. He's been trying to get me to watch that thing for months um, and now that I'm in school, I just don't have a whole lot of time on my hands to do, to do stuff like that. So I probably will not be able to watch it for a while. And as far as the uh, farm system goes, you know, kind of predicting out how a farm system is going to be a couple of years from now, I'm not exactly sure how to answer that question. Because it seems almost like an impossible question to answer. The players that were in the farm system now, hopefully will be at the major league level in in two years, or at least very close to the major league level in two years. I'm talking specifically about Julio Rodriguez and uh, Noel V. Marte, who are in the lower levels of the minors at this time. I don't know when they are projected to hit the major league level. Um, Mr. Rodriguez is in high A, and I believe Mr. Marte is in low A, so he's farther behind. He's also younger. He's, Mr. Marte is still a teenager, and he's playing shortstop right now, but as Taylor Blake Ward said on uh, last week, probably projects out to be a th- more of a third baseman 
than a shortstop. It also has to do with how well the Mariners draft over the next couple of years, um, international free agent signings, and that stuff, I, I, I don't know how to predict that stuff. So, Mr. Sones, I know that that's a pretty terrible answer, but it's the best one that I could come up with. John, do you have anything to uh, add to that? I really don't have anything to add. I think you answered it quite well. Well, I appreciate that. Um, (laughs) Even though I don't think so. Clive, what do we got next? This next message is from Lisa, who writes, Hi, locked on mariners at gmail.com. This is about to reaching on the top rank on Google search. Can we send you the full... Hold it, Clive. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's spam. We're not going to read... We don't read spam messages on the air. Sorry. It was in with your regular emails, not in the spam folder, so I read it. Next time, could you please show a little discernment? I'll be more careful going forward. Also, I omitted the emails from your classmates pertaining to the group project you were assigned. Well, I'm glad that you did that. Uh, Do we have any more emails, Clive? Yes, we have one more. This is a perfect question for Mr. Miller, since it pertains to umpiring. It was sent in by Justin Dugoni, who says he's from Olympia, but in his words, out in the sticks, not in that crappy city, different zip code. (laughs) His message reads, Howdy DC, I have been listening to your podcast for several years now and don't know if I've missed an episode yet. The M's are in a slump, but stay strong. There are times when you see the umps out on the bases that seem to have an insane ability to get out of the way of the ball in a quick fashion as do not interfere with the play. So my question is as follows, do MLB umpires have to undergo any agility training or testing in order to get their job or maintain their job? Thank you and go Mariners. All of the Major League umpires during spring training have to pass a parkour course. <laughs> I'd like to see Joe West try to do that. <laughs> Actually, no. All of the umpires have to pass a physical and have 20-20 vision. Those are the qualifications for being a major league umpire as far as physical. Right. And the other part of that is, um, that's, that's a very good question, uh, Justin. And I also, want to, I also appreciate uh, not only the humor in describing your home city, but um, I appreciate you phonetically spelling your name because I would have gotten it wrong. I would have guessed Degonye, which is close, sort of. But in, in any case, um, umpires, and John, please correct me if I'm wrong, but um, umpires rise through the ranks of the minor league systems much like ball players do. And I would assume that the umpires, maybe who are not as spry as some of the other ones, might not make as good as umpires as the people who are more mobile, so they may stay in the minor league system while the other ones who can get around a bit more make it to the major league level. Am I off base there, John? You are actually entirely correct. Okay. I'm I'm glad because I was guessing. (laughs) And a lot of that has to do with if the umpire is not able to get into the expected position to make whatever call... Mm -hmm. That is going to hold them back. They are going to be talked about that, given regular valuations, even at the major league level. After oh, yeah. every major league game, a plate umpire is given a 
printout of what calls they claim that he missed behind the plate. <laughs> I'd like to see Angel Hernandez's reports. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> no. But that, that's why I thought, because they do rise through the ranks much like ballplayers do, that part I knew. And that's why I was also kind of assuming that being able to get in position, which is a huge part of the job, they have to be graded on that. Or at least that's what I, that's what I had assumed. So I also kind of figured that, well, with that, they have to be pretty agile. Otherwise, they won't be able to do the job as well as their peers, and their peers are going to rise you know, ahead of them. And also in terms of staying in the big leagues, which is, which is something you addressed, um, John, I remember uh, several years ago, there was a show on MLB Network, a Studio 42 episode hosted by Bob Costas, where it was something, that, uh, it was something of a roundtable featuring three big league umpires, and one of them was Bruce Freming, very respected National League umpire for years yes. and years and years. And they actually asked uh, something about that, something related at least. Uh, Mr. Costas had asked Freming, who I think was still umpiring at the time, um, that some of the older umpire, umpires, and Costas put this nicely, were not as trim as some of their younger counterparts. And Mr. Costas asked Mr. Freming if that was kind of held the older umpires back to an extent, or if they caught any flack uh, for that from the younger ones. And Mr. Freming said that it was never really a problem. Uh, one umpire that I can think of who did catch some flack for it, and you can read about this in the late Eric Gregg's book, mm -hmm. is he had issues with his figure and that slowed him down then he was talked to about it yeah and i don't recall john if he had to retire early because of it or was forced out early because of that do you remember uh, if you don't it's fine. It okay <laughs> while john is looking up that information we'll move on to the personal accountability portion of the episode since that was the last email of the day the rod roddy segments as i like to call them as he documented his weight loss on the prices right i'm doing the same thing on this show more or less to keep my own self accountable because i know that you guys out there really don't care but I, I i have to keep myself accountable in some fashion and this is a decent way to do it since the last one um i am down three more pounds for a net loss of 14 pounds since i started keeping track at the beginning of april last week i actually gained a little bit of weight last week was a mess which you know in part led me to um choose to do the shows in the afternoons rather than the mornings it, it just got so far out of hand and um you know my diet and my exercise suffered as a result as did just about everything else but in any in any case i figured the mailbag episodes are a good place to do these rod roddy segments because it's kind of an episode these are episodes are on the lighter side anyway and now that that is finished john have you finished your research Eric Gregg resigned as part of the labor dispute in 1999. Oh, wow. Bud Selig refused to hire him back. Mm. Yeah, on August 7, 2001, Representative Robert A. Brady, a member of the U.S. House of Representatives, wrote, wrote a letter to 25 other House members urging Bud Selig to rehire Gregg, but Selig refused. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I, I forgot I forgot about all about that, that little... That little, no, it was more than a little squabble. It was a huge yes. deal. And then Greg passed on in 2006. Wow. Out of a stroke. I didn't realize he had been gone that long. Wow. 
Well, on that high note, I think (laughs) think that's going to be it. Uh, Clive, thank you again for joining us uh, today to read the emails for us. You're quite welcome. Enjoy the Indians game tonight. And tell Shannon happy birthday from me. (laughs) Yes, I will do that. Thank you very much, Clive. And thank you also to uh, Mr. John Miller for joining us as well. Uh, More umpiring insight, which is always welcome. Something that I don't think gets talked about enough on on these types of shows. So I'm I'm very happy to have somebody with umpiring experience, you know, kind of on speed dial, as it were, to jump on and (laughs) talk about it when it comes up. Thanks again, John. And uh, where can the nice people find you on Twitter if they're still there? Hey, you are very welcome. If you are all still on Twitter, I can be found at SeattlePilot69. Excellent. Thank you again, John. Thank you again, Clive. And thank you up there in podcast land for looking us up today. We will be back tomorrow. And remember, tomorrow afternoon. And joining me at that time will be Murray Slaughter, Comet, and a Crop Duster. Please remember to download, rate, and follow Locked On Mariners. Look for us on any podcasting app that springs into your brain head. Leave a rating and review if your podcasting app of choice so allows. I am DC Lundberg, and as Clive alluded to, uh, my best friend Shannon's birthday is today, and we are going to the Indians game tonight to celebrate. She's never been to a baseball game on her birthday before, and she's very excited about doing that. Ladies and gentlemen, I will be back with you tomorrow. And remember, that is tomorrow afternoon. Talk to you then. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski will keep you updated on the latest news in every major sport with Locked On's team of local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. This is Joey Martin speaking for Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 